0: in a series we just entitled this Christmas at Refuge Church. And, and so we're really just going through some of the story of Christmas and we're talking about things at Christmas. And last week we spent some time talking about a joy that nobody could take from you, a joy that nobody could steal. And the truth of it is that when we come together as a body of believers, this time of the year is probably one of the most stressful times that people endure. Because we're doing things and we're spending more time trying to figure out how to buy stuff, how to come up with the perfect gift, how to spend more time with our family, how to make ends meet, how to make every party. I just want to I want to do something this morning. I would love to just be able to release you today. That you don't have to, in this service, sing, say, or do one thing that you don't need to or feel like you need to do this morning. I I want you to have a release that you don't have to think about tomorrow and what the job's going to bring. You don't have to worry about even what you've got to come up with between now and next Tuesday. You just just have a moment of just rest. I believe there's a spiritual purpose and principle behind the rest that God wants to give to us. And many times we bypass that rest because we want to or we feel like the pressures that have been put upon us to do uh, something beyond what we were really called to do at this time of the year. And instead of having joy, instead of having peace, instead of being filled with love, it's almost as if the opposite effect begins to happen because we go to the store and we're trying to find this stuff and you're dealing with people who absolutely don't know Jesus and don't care that uh, you love the Lord, and you 're trying to not only live saved but you 're trying to be sanctified, and you want the perfect peace of God, but for some reason uh, you know it's just it 's that time of the year and and if, i, I don 't know about you, but the reason that this message is uh, that I want to share with you today and it 's really this this is called the gift of peace. Last week, we talked about joy we we shared a little bit about the Grinch and the Grinch want to steal it and i 'm not going to do a lot of the Uh, Video uh, that we did last week Even though we are going to do one in just a little while But uh, have you ever had one of those days And this may be that day, I don't know Maybe this was this time for you But just for the next 30 minutes Think about something And and to start with about what it could be like If you got up and you just had a day that was just peaceful It was just a, a day of rest Now that doesn't mean that you can get rid of your husband or your wife doesn't mean that you can get rid of your kids, but I know that if I ask the question, have you had a day that you've got up and just felt like, you know what, I would have been better off if I would have stayed in bed today. If I would have not got up today, things would have been a lot better off. And I remember, and I've used this as a springboard before, but I'm going to share it again, that my wife, one season, one Christmas, when our kids were smaller and things were just going crazy and, hustle and bustle of all the world, you know, everything that was happening around this time of the year. Our kids are full of energy. You know how that goes. Every If you don't understand the the kids full of energy, let it get close to Christmas and ask a teacher about what she thinks about this time of the year when they know they're going to get off. What good is a half day at school when the kids are jacked up on sugar cookies and hot chocolate before the day's out because they're going nuts. And it, it was building to that time in, our, uh, in that life with the three kids, and they're anticipating opening the, tree, the gifts that are underneath the tree and all of those different things. And I asked my wife. She was just, she was just you know, trying her best to make it go, and you know how that is. You're trying to make the best of what the holiday is. Baby, what is it? Sweetheart, what would you like? And her words were me, to me were so simple, yet they were so profound that it stuck with me for all of this time. And that was, she said, I just want peace. Out of everything I could have given to her, out of everything that could have been bought from a store, out of everything that I could have thought in my mind, I really wasn't thinking alone that way. And then when I realized, you know what? For most of us, if we were to ask that question, there might be a lot of people in here today that would just say, Pastor, if I could have anything, I'd want peace in my life. And the truth of it is that Jesus came to give that peace. Now for a lot of kids, they might think that's a wasted gift to have peace, but for every parent who's feeling the weight of this world, they would say that it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's exactly what I need. I would give up all that I have. I would give up every present under the tree. I would do whatever it takes to have this peace. And from that statement, I realized at this point and this time in the year that that it's this idea of this centerpiece that we call Jesus, this baby that's being born in a, in, a, in a manger that is promising to a world that has been full of unrest from the dawning of time that there would be peace on earth. That he is the Prince of Peace. And that word Prince of Peace or those words, Prince of Peace, means so much more than a temporary peace that you only have in just for a moment, just for a day, just for the time, mom, that you locked yourself in the bathroom to get away from all of the kids, and you can see their fingers underneath the door. He is more than all of that. He's more than a baby laying in a manger. He is the everlasting father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the soon coming king. A peace that doesn't fade away and a peace that doesn't go away. But the world is asking where is this promised peace? And I meet as I walk and travel and go and do the things that I do I meet a lot of people I meet a lot of people that are successful people who have money And can I tell you that if you thought that money would bring you peace at this time I will absolutely let you know that money does not do that I know people who are successful enough never to have to worry about Christmas and what they're going to buy how they're going to buy it they just hand the credit card out they just do whatever they have and they've got the money to pay that and you'd think that's crazy that's what what we need. Can I tell you, there are some of the most miserable people and I've listened to some of them say, you know what, if I had it to do over with, I would not want this in my life because it's caused me that much unrest. It's caused my kids to just want more. It's caused my family just to want more. And I'm telling you all of that to say that people that are successful, it's not a bad thing if you know how and have all the ambitions in the life. But I rarely meet one person who has success that says to me, Pastor, I'd just love to spend more, one more day in the office, one more day on the job. Most of them will tell me I want complete peace in my life. Peace with themselves, peace with the world, peace with God. They want a peace. Yet the message of Christmas, this thing that we're celebrating, why we put up the tree, why we put up the lights, why we celebrate, why we have all of the parties, is about peace, the Christmas peace, the joy of the Lord. 700 years before Jesus' birth, Isaiah the prophet wrote that he would be the Prince of Peace. And you've got to keep in mind, church, that for all of that time, when Isaiah wrote until, there was, there was a space of time, and, and I've heard it said many times what they call this, but it was a space of silence. That there was nothing that was being said after this prophecy. They said, hey, he's coming. But yet there was all of this unrest. The Romans were ruling. And when Jesus did finally come to the earth, when he did come on the scene, and they did recognize that he was the Messiah most of them thought that he was going to set his kingdom up on earth and he would establish his peace then but that wasn't what Jesus was talking about and most of us want a quick fix and think that peace is right now immediate we ought to have it that the baby that came and we celebrate around the tree and give these gifts that will bring us peace but I'm telling you the only thing that truly brings us peace is not even the baby in the manger but it's the return of the king of kings and the Lord of lords and eternal peace that we will have because prince of peace is that listen to this Isaiah 9 and 6 says for unto you a child will be born A a son is given to us the government will rest on his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful counselor there's so much here so much you could talk about he will be the mighty God everlasting father and the last Of his names here, the titles that was given, was Prince of Peace. At that first Christmas, the angels would also proclaim the word to the shepherds. Over in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, we we hear these words. Glory to God in the highest. Heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased from the very beginning jesus' whole ministry his everything about his birth from his death was about him bringing peace. It was about the peace of God in john's gospel, John chapter fourteen verse twenty seven these words Jesus gave this to us and here's what we've got to we need to realize today we need to get today, we need to put into our spirits, and that is he said this i'm leaving you this gift I, i'm giving to you this gift." The thing that you need to get is, is this gift right now? Is this gift tomorrow? Is this gift just in eternity? What is that? But look at what he says. I'm leaving you with this gift, a peace of mind and heart. I want you to have a peace in your mind to settle that in your mind there can be peace and in your heart that you can have peace. And the peace I give is the gift, look at this, that the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let's pray. Father, we ask you now, God, for the next few minutes, Lord, you will help us to lean in. Help us to hear, God, your word and to receive it, God. Lord, we we know, Lord, that this isn't a time, God, that, there's so many, Father, that live with unrest, without true joy, without true peace, without, Lord, the knowing, Father, the, the true love that you've given to us. I pray that, Lord, if there's any way, somehow, some way today, Lord, that your Holy Spirit could just begin to move as you already have done that through the songs. But, God, move through this time, these words, God, that are being spoken. That somebody's heart today would hear Receive, Lord, and understand, Father, that peace, true peace comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we ask you this, we pray that, we believe it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I would say that if there was one thing that I could give to you today or if there was a gift that I could give to you that you could not buy, one of them would be joy. One of them would be a joy that that when you... Not a joy that the world gives. But, and not a joy that you get from a, a new child or a new car or a new pair of shoes. But a joy that you have that even while the craziness of this world is going on, you have a joy inside of you. Listen to this. You, you, we, we preached about this last week. We talked about it. But joy is chosen. Joy that you have. You have to choose. I'm going to have joy. I, I'm going to have it. I Because your circumstances do not dictate or should not dictate your joy. If I could give you anything or buy one thing for you, it would be joy. And then the other thing, if I could buy or gift you your bag up, would be what I would like to say is that peace. And we've been talking about that a little bit. And these, There is a gift that Jesus gave to to us, And we're going to find that quickly here There's three things I want to share with you There are three gifts of peace That Jesus promised to give to us Gifts of peace that only Jesus can give If you really want to get down to the technicalities Of what Christmas is all about We all know that the Christmas tree We all know that the gifts We all know that the lights, the cookies All the celebrations, the Christmas parties All of that have nothing really in reality to do with the peace that only God can give. Most of the time, those things only mount to the frustration that we're already feeling. Amen. Trying to get it right. Trying to find that right gift. Trying to do all of those things. And Jesus said, there is a peace you can have. There is a peace that I want you to have that nobody else can give to you. And and the first gift that I believe that God wants us to have is a peace with God. If you can settle this issue in your life, a peace with God, the rest of this begins to line up and you're going to see how in just a moment. The most important gift that you can uh, be given is a peace that you can receive or that is given is a peace from God. And the first thing that Jesus came to do when he came to earth and he gave to us the Bible says God gave His Son to us. He became our sacrifice. He, became, uh, the, he, was, he came to die for you and I. Was was a gift of peace through Jesus Christ. Listen to this real carefully. The reason that Jesus came wasn't about the treat, wasn't about the gifts, wasn't about the cookies, wasn't about all of that other stuff, but it was for you and I to have a relationship restored to God. Because in the very beginning, it was broken. In the very beginning, it was broken down. And you and I, there was nothing that you and I could do in ourselves to restore that except for accepting His Son. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 says this, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ and God and has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. God's plan For man in the very beginning was for us to be connected to him and have peace from the very beginning. When sin entered into the garden with Adam, with Eve, that peace was broken. That connection, that relationship with God was broken. Can I tell you something? It was never God's idea. It was never God's plan for man to live disconnected from Him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God would, was walking through the garden. and He would ask about Adam and Eve, hey, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where they were. It was the fact that their relationship with Him had become broken. When they sinned to the garden, their relationship with him, how do you know that it was broken? The Bible says that they found themselves naked. If you're from the south, you may say naked. But they found themselves without clothes on. One guy said, pastor, the difference between naked and naked. Naked is when you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. They found themselves in that state and God, the Bible says they were hiding themselves and God was asking, where are you Adam and Eve? Where are you at?" And they said, "We, we, we, we took the, you know, we ate of the fruit and they passed the buck and the blame and finally it came down to, And so we realized that we were naked and we hid ourselves from you and God was like, who told you that? Who, who, who opens your eyes to the fact that there's something wrong in your life because I created you in perfect harmony and fellowship and relationship. I wanted to walk with you in the cool of the garden. I knew you didn't have any clothes on. I knew that you were, but somebody has skewed the view of what I created as perfection and now you look at yourself without that and their peace was divided or separated from God and the reason it is because listen it's not the conscience that God gave us it's because we realize there's wrong or sin and when sin has entered in it severs or separates the relationship that we have with God it's what drives us at a distance from God and now they're at a distance and now they're trying to clothe themselves and God says I'm wanting peace with you again can I tell you that what God is doing you look at the world you look at what's happening right now and most of us say man this world's in bad shape it's in a terrible state of being and I, I can't disagree with you more I, I think about a lot of things that have happened through the world through the years the holocaust we've thought about world war 2 world war 1 all the things that you can think of all the horrible things you can think of don't you believe that most of those people that lived during those times thought it was the worst time they had ever seen in their life they had ever faced can I tell you no matter how bad it gets on this earth that God from the very beginning had a plan to bring you and to bring me back into relationship with him and when it's all said and done, what he wants to do is have peace with you and you to have peace with God for you to come back into harmony with him and the only way that can happen is in a relationship with him. Sin drives us away. Sin separates us. That's why we try to hide ourselves and we hide or sin, because we really don't want anybody else to know because it brings the shame that we don't want in our life. It brings the guilt that we don't want in our life. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ came for you, for God, sent His only begotten Son. Come on, somebody, that you would know Him, that you could know Him, that your shame doesn't have to live in your life, that the guilt doesn't have to live in your life. Jesus gave His life so that your relationship with God could be mended. He is the prince of peace You can't have it any other way I'm going to tell you, you can lose it all. There are people that have literally lost it all but still know the peace of God. I've I've talked to people who have lost just about everything they have and still somehow know the peace of God in their life. How is that so? It is because, first of all, you've got to settle more than anything else in your life that peace with God. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? The peace with God. God wants to connect us. He wants to bring us back into relationship. The problem we have, look at this. I need everybody to hear this. Is when you try to be your own God and you try to live it on your own and you try to be apart from what God, you say, I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to do what I want to do. That sin separates us and this causes an unrest, hear this, in your mind, here, and in your heart, which is not the center of the blood pumping vessel in the middle of your chest, but it is the seat of your emotions. And that's why in your mind you can't get rest is because there's something there. There's something that you're dealing with on the inside. Can I tell you, you have got to settle this peace with God. You've got to settle a peace with God. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And there ain't nobody can tell me any different that God loves me, He cares about me more than He wants to destroy or take me out. He sent His Son so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. So if we're trying to live apart from that and we're trying to live different from that, that separates us Because our heart is now separated. And that makes our mind and our heart at an uneasiness or an unrest in our heart. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. A couple things you need to get here. Number one is this. We have been made right in God's sight by faith. How do I know that I'm right with God? By faith. How do I know that I'm a believer? How do I know that I'm a Christian? By faith. When you say, Jesus, I need you, come into my heart, come into my life. I forsake my past. I forsake all of those things. The way that you know it is by faith. You know that you're saved by faith. There are people that I could bring up here and begin to interview them and talk to them that I know have been Christians for many years, have been through a lot of trials, have lost loved ones, have faced a lot of things, and I could say to them, how do you still know that today through all of the stuff you've been through that you are still a Christian? And they would tell you simply, my walk is not by sight. It's by faith. It's by faith. So he says it's by faith that we have Peace with God Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done Listen to this You may want to write it down It's a good thought Peace with God does not come from what you do Peace comes from what Jesus did on the cross Peace does not come from what you do You're not going to find A peace in your job. You're not going to find a peace in a lot of different areas. You're not going to find a peace in the identity of who you think you are. You're going to find peace through what God did for you. Not what you can do for Him. Romans 5 and 10 says this. For our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son. While we were still enemies. One translation says that while uh, while we were against God. We certainly would be saved through the life of His Son. That's proof right there that it wasn't what I did. It wasn't what you did. It's what Jesus did for us. And you can't be good enough to get to heaven. There's a lot of philosophies, a lot of religions that say if you just offer a peace offering to God, you can get there. I'm going to tell you something. You can't offer a big enough peace offering to get to God. The greatest peace offering that could have ever been offered was offered 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. His name was Jesus. He was the only begotten of the Father. And He's the only way to see the Father. And that's it. You can't work there. You can't give enough money. You You can't give enough hours in the church. You can't volunteer enough places in the school systems. You can't be good enough to deserve any of this. I would get you to look at your neighbor but I won't get you to do that. I'll just have just say it, you know, you know what? I deserved hell. It's true. We did. There's nothing. The Bible says that there's nothing good in us. There's nothing we think about most of the time. The Bible says if there's any good, you know, Paul said think on these things. Most of us it's not that way. When somebody cuts you off in Christmas traffic, tell me you just thought on something good. Just bless them. I hope they get a whole thing of Christmas cookies this year from grandma. That's not what you're thinking. Somebody snagged up the last Tilkami Elmo. Maybe that wasn't this year. You're not thinking about that. You're not thinking about good things. Most of us. During this time, I know as much as I love Jesus, love my wife, the last thing I want to do right now is go into a store. It it really is. It's not the thing I want to do. And she will tell you for most of our marriage, I have went with her and she's went with me. But I'm to the point, I know that I'm getting older because I say I'll keep the car warm for you. the guy that you used to look at in the car wondering why he's sitting there and you could find his wife in the store and you knew and my wife's a quick shopper but I'm telling you peace can leave you quick during this time of the year as far as your own peace what you think you've got in your own your your love for Jesus can I mean can really be tested during this time Because the thoughts that we have are usually not good thoughts. God, I'll just kill them, ask for forgiveness, tell them you died. Because forgiveness would be a lot easier to get than what I'm thinking over this. Amen. You can't do anything good to deserve what God has already given to you. All of us deserve the worst and Jesus gave us the best. God gave the best. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus gave you the gift of peace, look at this, with God through giving his life. Here's a Bible fact. I heard somebody, I think, this morning talking about a child. You see these Christmas programs and they always bring in three gifts. What are they? Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. What does a newborn baby need with those things? I don't know. There are spiritual significance in all three. Let me just share one with you real quick. The frankincense, I'm not going to go there. The gold, that's pretty obvious. You know, the parents could use that to raise the child. The myrrh. You ever thought about the myrrh? Most of us don't think about that. We just wrap the little thing up and we send the three-year-old boy down the aisle for the Christmas program. He puts it down. He's so cute. What's he got? He's got myrrh. He can't even pronounce myrrh. But he's got it. Did you know that myrrh was actually used as an embalming fluid? Did you know that? Do, do a little bit. It don't take much, but just do a little bit of study. It, it was used as, a, as, a, as an embalming fluid. And I got to thinking about it just for a moment because there is some specifics that we could go into with the gold and the frankincense. But I want to just tell you that you could not do what you needed to do to save yourself because God already had it in His plans. This baby was born to die for your sins. He was the perfect sacrifice. The first gift of peace is with God. The next gift that God really wants you to have is this. And you're going to love this. Peace with me. No, not me. Peace with me. I know this is different teaching you guys the way that a lot of times that I preach. It's different. But I've promised you when we started this that if you'll bring your neighbors, if you'll bring somebody with you, I'll share good news with them to the way that they can see Jesus and they can hear about Jesus and they also can know Jesus. Before these services are out And that's really how these are geared This Sunday morning that's how this is geared Can I tell you that most people are dealing with the fact That they don't have peace with themselves They don't have peace with themselves How many times have you done this Lord Or you'll just say your wife will look at you and ask you I just don't know I don't know And during this time of the year A lot of us stand in a daze And just absolutely don't know Because there's a million things running through our mind There's a million things running through our head And we're trying to sort through it all And we're trying to figure out How can I just enjoy this thing But listen, I don't even have peace with me I've got this unrest inside of me Because I'm dealing with so much stuff So when I get peace with God you got to do that first And I need you to understand that And If you're here at the, for the first time in a service. Or maybe you're the first time you're hearing anything like this. Before you can have peace with yourself. You've got to have peace with God. You've got to settle that. Before you do anything else in your life. You've got to get peace with God. You've got to have peace with God. And part of that is coming to him. And saying God I don't know what else to do. But I believe what your Bible says. And if you're really real. Like it says. I give you myself. Take my sins my life because the Bible teaches us that Jesus sins I mean Jesus saves and his salvation wasn't just for me and you it was rolled all the way back to the first man and it will go to the very last person who lives on the earth in other words it's for everybody but the second thing that you have to understand is I got to have peace with me I got to settle this with me I'm going to tell you that some of you argue with yourselves you may not want to say that's true but you do Daddy used to tell me, son, it's not a bad thing to talk to yourself. Anybody really want to admit that you've ever talked to yourself? Thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. My, my sisters used to make fun of me. My wife has mentioned it a few times. She'll say, Tony, sometimes when you come out of the store, you just... Anybody else ever been told they did that? we're thinking out loud maybe even arguing with ourselves about what we just bought or spent or what's on our mind and a lot of that is not that there's not peace with ourselves but it's us trying to come to some kind of conclusion some type of and it's just the way that we're wired isn't it some of us are wired that way peace with me God if I could just have peace with you that's great but God what about the battle that's going on between here and here what about what Of my mind continually Colossians 3 and 15 look at this and let the peace that comes from Christ look at this rule in your hearts as as members of one body you are called to live in peace hear this here it is listen to this real carefully and always be I want you to say and always be I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest things that will cause unrest with you is ungratefulness. Because you will get focused on what you've lost and not what you have. You'll get focused on what's missing in your life instead of what God has given you in your life. For some of you that you've heard me tell my story over and over, four years ago, I just marked that time, and it's a short time I know uh, for for some, but it's you know for me, I think about losing my dad. And thinking about his death. And I, I got so focused on losing that part in my life. That I really honestly, honestly, honestly had problems with really moving forward with what God had. And then the Lord began to deal with me about something. And, and that would be the things that was that he had already given me. He had given me a beautiful wife. He had given me three healthy children. He had given me my own health. He had given me a great place to, to minister. He gave me a great a bunch of people who surrounded me with love and cared about me but I was so focused on what I had lost that I was dealing with a piece in my own self and when God was trying to get what he was trying to do was not get me saved again I'd already been saved what he was trying to do was deal with the inside of me and say son there are some things inside of you that don't need to be there I love you and will always love you but I'm going to take you down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull some stuff out of you because I can never really feel you up until I get it out of you and it wasn't the thing of always why God it was what God because God was wanting to do a what in me and I want to tell you that a lot of times when he's dealing with the the peace in your own mind it is the what in us that he's dealing with notice that in our hearts which is internal he says that where we just read from Colossians 3 it's inside our hearts It's an internal thing that we're... It's internally connected to our emotions. That's why emotional unrest. We don't like to think about it, but it's true. And the word that we say here for peace is the word that I had you say at the beginning. Did anybody remember? Shalom. There's several meanings, but when you read throughout the Bible, that Jewish word shalom, a couple of the meanings that it has is this, happiness. Now, we we would say if I could just be happy... But that's what one of the things that it means. Number two, it means harmony. That we can live in harmony together. That we could have harmony in our own selves. And thirdly, one of the last things, and there's many other uh, terminologies that you could give it, would be well-being. That, you are, that you're, you're okay. That everything's going to be okay. Did you know... That when you start looking at peace, because I wanted to really preach everything I could find on peace to you this morning, but there's over 700 verses that mention peace in the Bible. And yet most of them are written on that word or off of that word, shalom. That that they're written off of that word. So in the Bible, like we have a lot of uh, words that we say that are, you know, sometimes they're just, you know, for us, you know, we say Just for example, things that we say in the South. Oh, she's sweeter than sweet tea. We know what that means, right? Now, if you get up above the Mason-Dixon line where they really don't know a whole lot about sweet tea, they may not understand that, right? You think I'm joking with you. Go to Chicago and try to get you a good glass of 90-weight sweet tea. It probably ain't happening. So when you say sweeter than sweet tea, I'm saying all that to tell you this, that peace, 700 verses, that word shalom, is pretty much concurrent throughout that whole thing. He's saying, look, I want you to have happiness. I want you to have joy. I want you to have harmony in your life. I want you to have well-being. I want you to be well both body, mind, and soul. Come on, somebody. God's serious about you having peace in your life. For the broken-hearted, I believe there's comfort, there's a verse for it. I believe there's comfort for your life. I I believe that with all of my heart. For those that are ashamed, I believe there's forgiving peace. I believe it's there. It's in the Bible. Amen. If you've got a heart that's filled with worry, I'm going to tell you he's got a confident peace that you can have. That you don't need to live your life with worry. You don't need to live outside of the shalom, the peace of God, the peace that he wants you to have. Why? Because God has promised peace for every problem in your life. And when you get peace with God, you're going to start having Peace of God Are with you And the last one Listen to this and We're we're getting ready to close here Three gifts I wanted to give you Peace with God Peace of God And lastly Look at this Peace with others See when you get yourself Lined up with God And you get peace with God Then you can start with you Or you start working on peace here with you. But then when you get lined up with God and you get yourself lined up, that means you're going to be able to have peace with others. God never created you to be in turmoil continually with other people. The further away that you walk from God, the more relationally distant we become with other people. I'm going to say something very, very, very blunt here. Have you ever known somebody, and you don't have to shake your head, you don't have to look at the person to the right or the left of you, that would say you knew they couldn't get along with anybody? I had a person tell me years ago in the church, they said, I don't know what it is, Pastor, but I can't keep friends. Well, I knew what was going on in their life. But when you got somebody that do not has not lined up with God's word, they haven't got a peace really with God, and they really have not settled it big time in their own hearts with themselves, they are never going to be at peace with anybody else. They are going to be at odds with them continually. Well, you can blame it on a lot of stuff. They didn't take their medicine, (laughs) they're bipolar, they've got an emotional disorder. And I understand and all of those things are probably legitimate things. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to make sure they get their medicine. But the biggest problem is not any of those things. It usually goes down to it's a heart issue. The Bible says that the center of man, the center of a a man's emotions, the seed of his emotions is the heart of the matter. And the Bible tells us that we are to guard our hearts. And most of the time, what we've done is we've never really settled it with God. And because we haven't settled it with God, we really haven't settled it with ourselves. And when we haven't settled it with ourselves, listen, we haven't settled it with others. And when you've not settled it with others, you will not have peace with others. Well, Pastor, we have never gotten along. We have never gotten along. We're online, so I have to be careful here. Are saying these and God, think about it. I have a pastor friend, pastor's a much larger church, and he will not do live feeds. I said, why? He said, because when I say it, I can't take it back. It's out there. I had someone tell me, and it was family, and, and this was several years ago, and they were talking about the frustrations that they had, and, and they were my family. They won't do this, and they won't do that. And then I asked the question, so have you... In other words, reciprocated that to them. No. Why? If you really want that relationship with them, won't you, won't you at least step forward and try to reciprocate that with them? Because if you don't try, you're never going to know. If they push you away, that's one thing. But here's the issue they really are not at peace with themselves, so they'll never be peace with their family. And i got news for you, and I'm, I'm closing this thing shortly. I've said what I've got to say, whether you liked it, you disliked it, or whatever. January, it's a new year coming. You can pick your friends, baby, but you are stuck with your relatives. You may even get by with picking your friend's nose. You are stuck with your relatives. And every one of us have at least one relative We don't associate. They are the crazy uncle. They are Uncle Eddie, our cousin Eddie. That nobody really wants to claim that they know them. But you know what? It doesn't mean that we have to be in love with them, but it does mean that we do love them. Come on, somebody. We do love them. And we have to. And I'm not telling you to, you know, I'm just saying this. Here's the point. If you want a stronger marriage, get closer to God. I said, if you want your marriage to be stronger in 2019 than it is in 2018, get closer to God. If if you want a closer relationship with your children, you get closer to God. If you'll get closer to God, what what does that mean? What does that do? Well, if you and your spouse get closer to God, that's going to bring you closer together. And the more distant... I become with God the more frustrated I'm going to become with others no peace the world's not at peace Americans claim to be united and we claim to be united as one and that's how we stand and we are more divided than we have ever been news social media and I'm not pushing blame anywhere, but anybody can sit down to a computer make claims say things it's not like it used to be when it was face to face hey, I disagree with you, this is why I disagree with you, now anybody can do it you, you don't think that's bad, listen to this real quick we're getting ready to close, I'm going to show a video shortly we're going to close when we do special services here it's not so bad with me, most people don't know who I am, it don't really matter and I mean that honestly. When we bring in a, ho- a, a higher profile person, we put them on live feed. Elisha, we have to have somebody sitting and watching because we'll have people that will come on that will absolutely start ripping and tearing. And we have to like, start deleting because they know, this production team does, my job is to protect that man in this house, whoever it is standing here. It's not up to me. It's not now if he's if he's not where if he's not right and he's not correct, there's a time for that correction. But just to get up and start slamming about something, you know what I say? When you start doing that and you really don't know, that's that is really arrogance and ignorance. But I'm gonna tell you, we got a world filled with that. Because they don't really know, they're just saying. They're just saying because they think listen to this, Ephesians two sixteen. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by the means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. You can mark that down, write it down, whatever. But hear this. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups, meaning in this case was Jews and Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. That doesn't mean black, white, uh, off-white, Purple polka dotted, that means they're Jew and Gentile. If you're not Jew, you're Gentile. Most of us are Gentiles. You know what? The Bible says that together as one body, Christ reconciled us. He brought us together. How did he do it? By his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other, look at this, was put to death. Jesus did it. Galatians 3 and 28, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's through the cross. Through the cross that brings us to a common ground. These three gifts of peace are foundational to the cross. When I am at peace with God, then I can have a peace of God with Myself, or with others uh, and then when I am at peace with me, then I'm less likely to be at odds with others. Are you living at peace with others? Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with yourself? Because the plan of God, the promise of peace on the earth, in my life and in your life, comes from the Prince of Peace. It was His plan of peace. Matthew 11 and 28, and 29, and this is this is it. We're going to play this video. If you want to know how you can, this is it. This is how you can. This is his plan to have all of these gifts of peace. He said, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, carry burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Let me uh, me teach you because I am humble, I am gentle at heart, and you will find rest of your souls. You know what Jesus just said? Jesus said, if you're tired, if you're weary... I'll give you rest. How, how am I going to give you rest? Well, most of us identify that with physical more than spiritual, but most of, most of us don't really need physical rest as much as we need spiritual rest. I've said this before. A physical rest, a nap, if you get up and you're, you've took a physical nap, you go that, that feels good. That fixes that. Spiritual, it doesn't. Spiritually, you have to rest in Him. Jesus says, I'm going to give you rest, but the rest I'm going to give you is not a natural rest. This is a rest for your soul. A rest and a peace that football season can't give you. A rest and a peace that vacation, come on somebody, can't give you. A rest and a peace that a doctor can't prescribe in a bottle. God made your soul to need rest. And this only happens... When you come to Jesus. The antidote for peace is not an appeal. It's not in a philosophy. It's in a person. It is the Prince of Peace. It is Jesus. I want you to watch this video. Kelly, if you will, roll that, please. Father, upon the hearts and the lives of those, Father, that are here. Or peace, peace that only